You're listening to the Asking for a Friend podcast, an elder-led ministry of Believer's Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and knowledge of God's people. My name is Tyler Jones. I'm your host. Thank you for listening in, whoever you may be and wherever you may be. May the Lord bless this podcast to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth. On the podcast today is Jason Rowland. He's a senior pastor and one of the elders of Believer's Baptist Church. A couple other elders, Jared Haygood and Kyle Slaymaker, are on this podcast as well. Once again, we're going to get into it pretty quick here. Um, we don't have anything to jabber about too much. Um, we probably we, do, but no one wants we, to hear it. We do. Nobody wants to hear it. That's the thing. <laughs> uh, we've um, seen plenty of people express disgust with our um, <laughs> with our speak uh, for yourself. Tyler. Favorite Thanksgiving uh, desserts and that kind of thing. So uh, anyway. We're going to go, I think, to Jason here first, um, and this is a question that uh, I think many people could, could uh, have because you hear this a lot throughout the Bible, uh, but it's just, um, it's a interesting, uh, it's one of those things that may be lost in translation for people who speak English. Um, I don't know that for sure, but we're going to get into it here. What does it mean to fear the Lord? Great question that I think, as you're trying to say, Tyler, that it causes some confusion, causes some misunderstanding, has been misapplied um, through the years, and certainly one worthy of our time in this podcast. I remember when I was growing up that my relationship with my dad had a lot of fear in it. (laughs) I remember that, you know, we obeyed my brothers. I have two younger brothers. We obeyed my mother, not because she could hurt us, because she couldn't hurt us anymore, mm-hmm. but we obeyed her because we loved her, and we knew that she loved us. But my dad, it was a different dynamic, and so we would basically be in the house on a rainy day, and we're running around, and we broke a lot of furniture and jumped on a lot of couches and a lot of bed and uh, broke a lot of windows. And but when it was three o'clock and we watched the clock when it was three o'clock, that's when my dad drove up in the driveway and everything ceased. And we sat on the couch with our hands folded because we were fearful of his wrath if um, we broke something while he's uh, with us. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people think about their relationship with God and how to understand God based on their experiences with their father or perhaps their mother or some other personal experience with a person. And so that's how we understand or translate our understanding of God into our Christian experience. So let's think about some Old Testament texts that speak to this idea, and we'll move ourselves from there into trying to get a better grasp of this. Probably the most popular and the one that is most well-known of text about the fear of the Lord is Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So knowledge of the Holy One is the key there. If you're going to fear the Lord, knowledge of the Holy One is the way that you fear Him. And we'll come back to that. We'll talk more about it. Here's another one. Proverbs 1.7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Or Proverbs 23.17. 
Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all day. Proverbs 10, 27, the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. Can you tell I've been reading in Proverbs? <laughs> yeah, I'm reading uh, through Proverbs as a, a daily Bible reading. Um, there are other texts that speak to this idea, Isaiah 66, 2, but this is the one to whom I will look. This is God speaking. God will look to this one who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at his word. So that's just a small sampling. And you said it earlier, Tyler, in the introduction. Uh, the Bible says much about fearing God. How are we to think about that? And I think you've got some good thoughts as we were talking pre-recording. Uh, Jared, you were talking about how to understand God. Remember, we're talking about the knowledge of the Holy One right. informs what it is to fear Him. And uh, so... I guess as you were going back and talking about it, we look at relationships and um, we look at fear based on uh, those relationships we've had with loved ones. And so, um, do we need do we need to look at fear as we would look at um, someone who has like a jailer is 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 afraid of his punishment, or a slave was a- afraid of getting the lashes on, on, on his back. Is there a balance of that fear or is that a, a wrong idea of, of looking at the fear of the Lord? So I know that's what some people have in mind is, is that fear that they don't even want to be close to him or near him or, or they're cringing kind yeah. of cowering mm-hmm. in the corner fear. Um, I think that we certainly have to have a healthy fear because if we're going to know um, or have rather a knowledge of the Holy One, then we have to know that he is wrathful mm-hmm. and that he is just. And we can read numerous illustrations of his divine wrath or his divine justice being meted out righteously so. And there is a fear that needs to be held in balance of knowing who he is. Mm-hmm. The, you're talking about Martin Luther, the great reformer, yeah. talked about the fear of God in two ways. Servile, mm-hmm. which is this fear of being fearful of the tormentor or the executioner that's going to come. Right. Or phileo, um, that is a family kind of love, a father and a son relationship. Yeah. And, it, you know, Hebrews 10.31 says, it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. Uh, Luke 12.5 said, but I will warn you, I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. You know, talking about that fear of God. So, um, Because who has the authority to cast into hell? Yeah. Uh, It's not Satan. Right. It's God, right? Mm -hmm. He has the authority uh, to cast into hell. So fear him rightly. Yeah. So Uh, that's more, that would be more the fear of an unbeliever, correct? Would be the fear of somebody who is a prisoner that, looks to the day that they will be executed or whatever. You know what I mean? Wouldn't it, essentially? I think that that the unbeliever certainly... um, The fear of what could be done would be more of a believer's perspective, correct? But the fear of what will be done would be more of an unbeliever. That's a good way to put it, yes, yes. I think think you've got a good uh, division of thought there, yes. Yeah, because, you know, as a a believer... um, Find the, the balance of, of being in awe and understanding uh, who God is. Uh, Hebrews twelve twenty eight to 29 says, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, 
and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming uh, fire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I think you're right on. Um, I think that was a good point, Tyler. You know, the, the verses we had, we had read about, uh, you know, talk about, you know, what's going to happen to the unbeliever, and, and, you know, an unbeliever should definitely fear the Lord. Um, but Philippians, uh, the verse I went to is uh, Philippians 2, 12 for 13. It says, uh, and this is talking to the believer. It says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you. So you should fear and tremble God because he is working to keep you. And uh, I think it means that the sheer awesome presence of God in our lives working for us, not against us, should produce trembling. So the New Testament treats the fear of God as a motive for not running away from him. Uh, you know, I, I actually was able to preach on that a few, uh, a few weeks ago as one of the motives for <laughs> serving the Lord. Um, and one of those motives was the fear of the Lord. Uh, we should fear in the sense that we seek refuge from God away from God's terrible wrath. God's grace in Christ is a refuge from God's wrath outside of Christ. So there's terror outside of Christ, and there's a different kind of trembling inside of Christ. So I don't know if that kind of answers your question a little bit more mm-hmm. as far as being outside of Christ versus being inside of Christ, the trembling that we feel. Mm-hmm. So this idea of working out our salvation in fear and trembling has innately the idea of holiness and being mindful of our sin, mm-hmm. confessing our sin. Even the, the text that we used yesterday in the sermon, Second Corinthians 7, 1, since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of flesh and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of the Lord. So with that knowledge of who God is, and it goes back to what you were saying earlier, I think, Jared, about the servile kind of fear of the executioner coming in and and doing the execution, and this other kind of phileo fear in which um, a child has for his father. A child ought to fear his father and mother based on not fear of punishment or torture based on displeasing them because they are the one whom the child finds their greatest or really their best source of security, their best source of love. Yeah. So I think that the idea of fearing the Lord goes back to being holy as he is holy. Yeah. I think that looking at the right view of of fearing the Lord is, um, and I've got a lot on this, so you tell me when to stop, but, uh, you know, going back to Isaiah 6, 5, woe is for me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And um, looking at that picture in uh, Luke chapter 5, where uh, God tells them to cast out their nets, and they have all these uh, fish, and it says in Luke 5, 8, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And so, man, what a great picture of realizing who he was um, before uh, who Jesus was. And so um, seeing all those fish, that, that fear of, man, this, this person is greater, but at the same time going to him, falling down and saying, Man, please forgive me, God. Um, and so once again, that contrast of, of a healthy fear of knowing he is almighty, but at the same time running to him uh, to find his satisfaction, to find his worth and his identity. The very one that we run from 
is the the one that we find refuge to. Mm-hmm. So when we are fearful of God's wrath, the only relief from that is to run to Him and find it in Christ. Mm-hmm. There's there some other things, if it's okay to add, but uh, looking at um, you know looking at the word holiness to be set apart from what is common, it is to be different or unique in comparison to this world. And so when we look at um, things being set apart, we look at things being holy. We see in the Old Testament that Aaron was set apart uh, from the other Israelites to to make sacrifices on behalf of the people before God. Um, when we see, we look at Moses, that the ground was set apart. It was called holy. And so not only people are set apart, but things are set apart. Uh, the, the room that the Ark and the Covenant was, it was a holy place. It was set apart. And, um, and so something or someone is made holy when the Almighty who he himself is set apart from all creation, sets it apart for a special use or purpose. So uh, those things were set apart because he is set apart and he set apart for a special purpose. And so um, God is holy because he is more set apart from creation than any other thing. And so when we, we, we can, I'm not saying we have to totally grasp that right now, but as we chew on that, maybe that's something we need to chew about on the Sabbath, uh, or not on the Sabbath, I'm sorry, not on the Sabbath, on the, <laughs> the Lord's, Lord's Day, day is um, to chew on the, the holiness of God and how set apart he is. And when we're set apart, we start to understand the the fear of the Lord. Um, I think that we can make some kind of um, practical application in that we typically fear men more than we fear God. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about this in an earlier podcast, the idea of um, finding our approval, our esteem or value in what we accomplish, whether it's at the gym or losing weight or um, our kids and our parenting. And I get out my approval by what you think about my children. Um, so that we fear what men think more than we fear what God thinks. And therefore, we live in the, this culture in which I'm more concerned about my popularity with you or my acceptance with you than I am about my acceptance with God. Mm-hmm. So my fear then is based on you rejecting me rather than displeasing the one who is my source of security and love. And and that's, again, backwards. That is, again, ruining or putting on its head the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I fear... Um, it comes out of evangelism. I fear what the person is going to think of me, me telling the gospel, instead of fearing that that soul is going to go to hell. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> Just the idea of mm-hmm. fearing what that person is going to say if, if I share Christ with him or share the gospel or, or have a, a God conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember the king that had um, the daughter, or rather the girl, come and do the dance for him on his birthday. Um, and the mother of the daughter had put into the daughter's mouth that she would quest the head of John the Baptist. And the king didn't want to kill John the Baptist, but he did because he was fearful of the people. Mm. And that is where we live Mm. for most of us in our uh, Christianity it's much less emphasis on fearing God as there is on uh, fearing man. Mm-hmm. There, therefore, we can do worship like we want to because 
it is much better that you approve of me and the songs that we sing and the show that I can put on than if this is some kind of affront or offensive to God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it dictates to us so much. It's, it's so subtle, so um, soft that we don't even realize that that's what we're doing. We're, we're fearing not God, but fearing men. So now that, now that we have a perspective kind of on what it means to fear the Lord, what is the, um, the application for our lives in regards to that, with that knowledge, what do we do with that? You know, you know, I think, uh, you know, as you were, I think one of the reasons that we have a tendency to fear man more than we fear the Lord is not putting Christ in his rightful place. You know, I, I think back to some of the podcasts you've done on the prosperity gospel where, you know, it talks about, uh, Jesus, you know, being our friend, Jesus is here for us and Jesus is your buddy, you know, and, you know, uh, the prosperity gospel especially doesn't put man and Jesus in right relation with each other, where Jesus is almighty God, king, creator, and we are worthless sinners. And to put those put those in the right relation to each other should make us fear the Lord and understand that uh, he's not just our buddy. I think... I think uh, in today's society, we definitely have a, a, we definitely play down who God is. And I think that we don't think of him as the judge and someone that has the authority to, uh, to judge sin and to send people to hell. And I think if we thought of that rightly, it would cause us to change the way we evangelize to people that we evangelize knowing that that person is going to receive uh, the, the judgment that is due to them based on their on them not turning their lives over to Christ. So being more bold in Christ would yeah. be kind of, I guess, a way to wrap that into what you're saying. Is that what you're kind of saying? Being yeah. bold in the way we spread the message, Absolutely. Uh, the gospel. And then, you know, what else, uh, as far as even individually, how, how do we um, look at our own, I guess, salvation maybe as uh, in the perspective of fearing the Lord? I think that you would never... <laughs> put these two thoughts together, but I think we find it in Scripture, the idea of joy and fear, having joy in fearing God. Mm-hmm. And we see that particularly as it relates to Isaiah, uh, rather to Jesus in the book of Isaiah, verse 3 of chapter 11, talking of Jesus, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. And so when we think about delighting or having joy in the fear of the Lord, it means this idea of what you were talking about, putting Christ in this proper place. I think it means the idea of recognizing who God is and our knowledge of the holy. But I think there's this sense in which we find all of our being, all of our person, all of our source, our strength for life, in pleasing the one who gave himself for us so that there's joy in doing that. Our Christian life should not be a burden to us. And our fearing God ought to be understood within this idea or this context of joy because that becomes for us then the motivation to holiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone quoted, uh, fearing God means having such a reverence for him 
that it has a great impact on the way we live our lives. So the fear of God is respecting Him, obeying Him, submitting to His discipline, and worshiping Him. But it's the fear of God of you have a joy and a delight in respecting Him. You have a, a joy and delight in obeying Him and a joy and delight of submitting to His discipline, knowing that the discipline will draw you closer and that that discipline will um, further the gospel, further His glory. And um, we're in a, a joy and all of worshiping Him. And so um, it truly is a, is a good point of, of, of having the joy um, and fearing mm-hmm. God because not because it's fallen rules, but because you find such delight in who He is mm-hmm. and His holiness. I think that the delight and fear um, message that you guys are talking about right now runs very parallel to this thought that uh, we talked about. And Kyle mentioned uh, uh, John Piper um, analogy earlier had to do with uh, um you know, basically being so scared that you don't run away, but you run too, right? Talk about that a little bit, maybe. Yeah, as I was uh, preparing for this, I was I was reading a uh, article that John Piper had putting out, and uh, he was talking about how uh, him and his son uh, went to go visit a man, and when they went to the door, there was a large dog at the door when they opened it. And uh, I guess his, his son's name is Karsten, and uh, he said when Karsten looked eyeball to eyeball, this was a giant dog. And John Piper had sent his son back to the car to grab something that they had forgotten. And the dog went behind uh, his son and had, you know, a low growl. And his son was terrified. And the man leaned out the door and shouted to his son, Karsten, be careful. You better not run. He doesn't like it when people run away from him. And uh, John Piper thought, well, this will be a good uh, sermon on Sunday. (laughs) He said, uh, so just walk beside him. You can even put your hand around his neck, you know. God is horrifically dangerous to those who run away from him. We should be terrified to run away from God. But if we will stay with him, his growl is a growl of our protection, not not our destruction. And we can put our arm around his big neck. So that is just an image of how, uh, you know, we can take something so terrifying and we shouldn't run from him, but we can run to him and uh, put our arm around him. Mm -hmm. We probably should say, I'm sorry, I talked right over you now. We probably should say something about that fear is the natural reaction of a human being when he comes to into the presence of God. Yeah. And this is why the angels continually say in the New Testament, fear not. And this is why Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, fear not, little flock, because that is the response. And we see personal examples. You used Isaiah earlier in chapter 6, and we see the example of Ezekiel, and we see it, John that these men would fall down as if they were dead because they have come into the presence of God. Um, so fear would be a natural reaction to the knowledge of the Holy One, yeah. uh, to the experience that you would have with God. But um, again, I guess just to kind of wrap it all up, it's, it's, the, it's the idea of holiness and finding joy in that holiness, delighting in who God is. And when you do that, there is a... Um, a reverence, an awe, A-W-E. There's a thanksgiving. There's a praise. All of that comes in, and that's wisdom. To fear God, to know Him, and to love Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Thanks for listening to the Asking for a Friend podcast. If what you've heard today has been helpful to you, please subscribe. On behalf of the elders of BBC, I invite you to a worship service at Believer's Baptist Church this coming Sunday. The Bible study hour begins at 9.15 and the worship service begins at 10.30. Grace and peace. Peace.